WKLYT. This is ABQ Connect. Welcome to our weekly segment uh, from the Heritage Foundation. We welcome Genevieve Wood onto the broadcast again. Genevieve, thanks so much for taking the time weekly to do to do this. Well, thank you, and Merry Christmas to all your listeners. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting to today's story. Before we do that, uh, kind of uh, as we you know head into year end, we won't be doing an update uh, next Friday. Uh, I do want to make sure our listeners, you know, the Heritage Foundation, you know, I keep hearing that name every week, uh, and some of our listeners uh, may be familiar, but uh, if you, more in detail, let our listeners know exactly what the Heritage Foundation is, and, you know, in general, the work that, that's done. Sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Steve, for the opportunity to share a little bit. So we're an organization that celebrated our 50th anniversary this year. We were founded in 1973 uh, as a think tank. And being by that, we think about a lot of stuff. We have over 100 researchers uh, on our team in D.C. who do everything from uh, economic policy and looking at foreign affairs to how the Supreme Court should look at cases to the definition of marriage, uh, the transgender issue, welfare reform. You pretty much name an issue. Uh, and We have somebody in our building who that is their specialty. And they not only think about it, they try to help lawmakers, whether it's members of Congress or at the state level or at the White House, think about how to approach these issues from a public policy standpoint, what's a good public policy and what's bad. Because a lot of times things are introduced legislatively. The people haven't really thought through how is this going to impact impact a family or how is this going to impact an individual and that's what our team tries to do is how will legislation impact for good or for bad uh, a family or an individual and so we're a think tank uh, we also market those ideas not just to the lawmakers but to the public so that they can themselves be educated when they vote and when they talk to their uh, public officials about what good public policy is and heritage.org is the website to go to get uh, the information uh, and then uh, also, uh, if you will, as well, uh, a little detail about Daily Signal, which is, is where we're getting uh, the information we're going to be talking about for today's story, and we often do. Well, thank you. Yes, Daily Signal is the media, uh, multimedia platform of the Heritage Foundation, and we started that. I think it was in 2014, the uh, reason so we're coming up on a 10-year anniversary there, uh, because the idea was that not just that we wanted to provide another news source for people, but we wanted to cover a lot of stories that many times what you would consider the mainstream media doesn't cover. Uh, and have it, you know, so that people, they don't have time maybe to read a 30-page paper on a particular issue, but they can read news stories that keep them up to date on what's happening, both in the political arena, but also in the cultural cultural arena. And so, again, we cover a wide variety of issues on that site. Uh, and from, my, I would say, a conservative and pro-family perspective. DailySignal.com is the website. So Heritage.org. That's right. DailySignal.com. Uh, Year-end giving you're still considering, so... Uh, those are both the nonprofit organizations that uh, you can give towards as we head into 2024. And let me preface uh, 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 before going into our story for today. Uh, there's a there was several stories uh, that you know we kind of thought about talking about today. Um, and one of one of them, but we're not we're not not going to go into detail. But I'm going to kind of tease it because I really want to encourage the listener to to log on to DailySignal.com. And uh, read this story about uh, an 11-year-old student that was on a school trip uh, and come to find uh, that uh, this girl had been assigned to sleep in the same bed with a biological male. 
And I won't go into any more of the story than that. Uh, I think you know where it's headed. Uh, you can go read read up on that. And then uh, there was uh, a scholarship uh, uh, issue in, at the University of Washington uh, for a an athlete, a male athlete, who potentially could get a scholarship that was intended for a woman. Uh, uh, so again, a couple stories there that you may want to go read up on. Now, what we're going to cover today uh, is uh, uh, the banana republic that we're living in <laughs> currently. <laughs> I'm talking about some of the decisions being made in Colorado. And and Genevieve, the reason I wanted to touch on this story was I'm not uh, convinced that uh, uh, regardless of which side of the aisle uh, our listeners are on politically, uh, I'm not sure they realize how much what, what's going on in Colorado could impact uh, elections for uh, years to come. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I, it's a story that uh, is not finished. So people have probably seen the news on this where the Colorado uh, state Supreme Court had put forward judgment saying that um, Donald Trump will not be able to be on the Colorado ballot. So that voters, even if the Republican you know, the primary uh, vote there, his name can't be on it. So I guess you can have Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie if he's still in it. Uh, and those are the only three that Republicans in Colorado will be able to choose from. Now that's being, and they're, for, we can go into the details of why they're claiming that, but that's the state Supreme Court deciding who voters in Colorado can vote for basically in some ways determining candidates. And that's, of course, been appealed uh, by the Trump uh, campaign, but many others think rightly so, to the Supreme Court of the United States, because there's other states where there are, especially people on the left, but primarily the Democratic Party, who want to keep Trump off the ballot. And they may try to do what Colorado has done as well. Uh, but the, the Supreme Court's going to look at this case and see whether or not a, Supreme, a state Supreme Court, for example, or any other group of lawmakers have the right to keep somebody off a ballot like that. And look, I, I think it's it, the Supreme Court of the U.S., when, if they, when they take up this case, I think it's very likely even the more what you would consider uh, more progressive liberal judges are not going to view this this favorably. Uh, the people ought to be able to vote for who they want a candidate to be. It's not up to lawmakers to decide who you can vote for. That's not a democracy. That's not a federal republic in any sort of way. Uh, as a matter of fact, there have been we did a story on the Daily Signal where we looked at some other countries like Venezuela and others who try, where their, their governments tried to do this kind of thing, saying these are the people you can vote for. You can't vote for these. These are the only people that can be on the ballot. And we've like done sanctions against, them, against those countries for, for having those kind of uh, elections. And yet here in our own country, you have people trying to do the very same, the very same thing. So uh, not constitutional, I don't believe, and I don't think the Supreme Court will find it to be so. Yeah, and I, and I want to encourage the listener who's in their head going, well, I don't like Trump anyway. You know, right or left. You know, uh, there's yeah. there, there's people on the right and on the left that, that don't want to vote for Donald Trump. Put that aside and, and look at the issue of what's happening here. Uh, essentially, the Supreme Court is using... Uh, a, a part of the, I believe it was part of the Constitution that, that talks about not letting an insurrectionist run for office. And it was something that was right. that was written uh, after the Civil War. And the intention was to keep uh, people who had served in the Confederacy from running for office. You know, here, uh, 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 an insurrection that over 600,000 people on both sides 
you know, had died in this conflict. Right. And, and they're, they're applying this to Donald Trump, uh, who hasn't been, um, convicted of, um, insurrection, uh, and, well, yeah, and there's two points. You're right. He's never been. I mean, even in the in the uh, in his impeachment, uh, where you had a lot of people obviously very opposed to him, even they did not accuse him of insurrection or try him for that. They went around and did other things, but that he wasn't even impeached for that. And none of the court cases of the myriad of court cases he's up against now are claiming that it's about insurrection. Now you've had a lot of media chatter about it, but no court anywhere has found that or has even actually taken up the, the, the case. But secondly, I would just say, too, you know, Steve, there are a lot of people on the ballot probably many of us don't want to vote for every yeah. election season, right? I mean, I look at most of my ballot in D.C., and there's like, you know, out of out of the 10 names, there's probably maybe one I would consider a good leader for, for this for the District of Columbia. But that doesn't mean they don't have a right to be on the ballot. They've done, they've gone through and they've gotten signatures, they've gotten the names, they, you know, they've done all the things you have to do to get on the ballot. And the same thing at the federal level, you know, there's people up and down that ballot that I hope don't make it to Congress or I hope don't end up in the White House, but they've met the bar of getting to be on the ballot, right? And so I don't, you know, just because I don't like their policy or I don't like them personally, doesn't mean I get to keep them off or that some lawmaker can decide that or some judges can can decide that. Um, so it's really, they're, you know, this, this is one of those things where something like this were to stand, um, you know, it's like, well, what's good for the goose will be good for the gander. Right. And we'll start, you'll have a political warfare like we've never seen. So, look, people need to let votes count and let the people vote uh, and not get into trying to, again, weaponize another part of our government to make it go a certain way, which is what I think you're seeing here. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was the way I was raised. Uh, but uh, even when I when I uh, visit with people who I know are uh, counter to how I would uh, think politically or on issues. Uh, and they say, yeah, I went to vote today. Uh, I say, thanks for going to do that. Cause I believe in the system that our forefathers set up. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, let's, let's say things continue to go the direction contrary to what, uh, those who vote, you know, um, on the right, uh, how, the, how they would vote and, and, you know, take it to a, it's extreme where people say it could be going as far as socialism and, and which I don't want. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, say we end up uh, being in a country that's, that's a lot like China or Russia. Uh, listen, uh, Christianity flourishes under persecution and, and I wouldn't pray for persecution. Uh, but, uh, uh, we'd only see the church probably get stronger in a situation like that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, when we do have the right to vote and we do have a system that was set up by our forefathers that works, um, you know, uh, I, I say, let's, let's maintain it and let's protect it. Uh, and, and I did, and I only heard the beginning of a conversation yesterday is actually part of the Jay Sekulow, uh, broadcast. Uh, they, they were talking about, look, you, you don't want to get to a point, you know, the Iowa caucus is one thing, but you don't want to get to the point where our whole election is a caucus. No, that's right. And well, and just to what you were all saying, Steve, I mean, we're either going to be a country with, you know, with laws and we're going to live by the rule of law or we're going to be a banana republic. I mean, that, that's the difference between a country that has a constitution that had a set, has a set of laws, which it's governing and public officials and the co- citizens of that country live by. Or you have a place where it's just, you know, whoever is in charge, whether it's a dictator or what have you, they just make it up as they go and they do what's good for them. Um, so, you know, today, again, to your point, whether you like Donald Trump or not. 
not really the point. Right. <laughs> the yeah. point is whether a group of, of, you know, unelected, I believe, in the state of Colorado, I don't even think they elect their uh, judges. I think they're appointed. So you have that if, if I think I'm right on that. Uh, so you've got people who aren't even elected by the people deciding who the people can vote for. Right. Well, what tomorrow? Maybe they'll decide, well, we're going to allow an initiative uh, on the life issue or on the definition of marriage or on marijuana or whatever it is. We'll decide whether or not that gets to go on the ballot or not. Not about whether you collected enough signatures from the people of that state to put it on the ballot. We're just going to decide what we think is good in advance before you even get to vote on it. I mean, that's you know where you just you just get into, again, whoever's in charge makes it up as they go. So this is much, much bigger uh, than just whether or not Donald Trump is able to run again. And uh, again, I, I think it's one of those situations where you can't just say, well, that's just kind of a sidebar story. It has huge impacts on wh- who we are as a country and whether or not we're going to live by laws. I mean, we, we, in the last election, in the past several, you've had people say, well, you know, whoever gets a popular vote, whoever gets the most votes should win. That's not what our Constitution says. Our Constitution says we have an electoral college. And people, I think, if they're educated on that, understand why that was put into play and will appreciate it, which is if you don't have an electoral college, then basically New York and California will decide how the rest of us live, right? Because they have the most people. So if you want to live by the rules of New York and California, then we can just go by popular vote. The idea of the electoral college was we wanted to make sure that people who did live in Iowa or New Mexico, or other states that don't have huge populations have a say in who is elected to the presidency. And that's, I think, wise in, 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 the, in the way that the framers looked at that. But if we don't want to do that anymore, we can change the Constitution. But we ought to, you have to go that route. You can't just say, well, we want to throw the Electoral College out. You have to go about constitutionally doing that. So we have rules, and if people want to change them, we can do that. But it has to be the people changing, not just a bunch of you know judges sitting somewhere who decide they don't like it anymore. Yeah, and I'll make one more point as we put a bow on this, and and you touched on it uh, that you know, and and I thought the same thing that the Supreme Court in, in Colorado is. I'm assuming they're appointed, and then for our listeners, you say, okay, but then what can we do about? It? Well, it goes back to what we 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 consistently say: uh, Are you registered to vote, and do you go vote? And, and then the answer to that may be, yes, but they're appointed. Yes, but someone appoints them. <laughs> and that's that, right. And the that, governor. <laughs> that's right. And that person is elected. Uh, and we do have a responsibility. Uh, there's men and women who have, have uh, uh, bled and died for the right that we have uh, to go to the polls. And you can also say, yeah, but uh, how how accurate is it? And isn't that tainted? Okay, that's a whole nother, a whole nother uh, a segment. Uh, what you do know is that you do have a place to vote and what can you do about that? You can elect, uh, uh, you can vote for uh, the people that most closely meet your values uh, on the issues uh, that we talk about daily Uh, and uh, Genevieve uh, quality content. And I do hope that we we've uh, you know, communicated to the listener uh, just how important uh, not only this story, but the stories that we, we generally cover uh, because, you know, uh, the, the, the only thing uh, uh, to uh, often the way that, that evil uh, wins is, is for good people to do nothing. Uh, so that's right. Uh, it's that's absolutely right. Uh, it's, you know, there's plenty of people out there uh, being very vocal about what they believe. And, and it's time uh, we've said that before here, too. It's time that we vocalize uh, what what values we have and how important they are. 
uh, and do it in love, uh, but do it uh, in a firm way that uh, clearly communicates what uh, what we believe in. Genevieve, a very Merry Christmas to you and uh, all of yours and the staff at uh, Heritage Foundation, heritage.org and dailysignal.com again uh, to go find out more. But uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you next year. Thank you so much, Steve. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And hope we all have a good and blessed one. Thank you. All right. And stay with us. We'll get to Brian Cochran. Our Friday financial update is on the way right after the break on ABQ Connect. 